0: Next question. This one is geared toward men, but it's appropriate to women. But I just ask men because we're the ones who typically wouldn't want to ask this question. A scale of one, uh, zero to ten, how would your wife rate your marriage? And what do you think God wants you to do to be a more life-giving husband? Not what do you think your wife wants you to do. Not that that's not important to know that. But what, is, what might God be asking you to do to be a more life-giving husband? Now, wives, you can put your names in there too what might God be asking you to do to be a more life-giving wife? If you're not married, you can even just say, what would your friends say about you? Are you a life-giving friend, or are you kind of a draining kind of friend that drains people? And are you willing to even ask another, whether it's in your marriage or friends, are you willing to ask another person, how do I, how do I give you life? But even ask the hard question is, how do I drain you? What do I do that drains you in our marriage or drains you in our friendship? It's a hard question to ask, but I do think it's one of those ones like checking under your engine. You, it's really good to know. Hard to know, costly to know, but good to know. Not that you have to ask them the, one, the, you know, the scale of 0 to 10 and give them a scale and put the number on there. That, sometimes you just ask the question, where am I life-giving to you? Where am I draining to you? Because if we're talking about being life-giving people, and if God, the spirit of God in us is a spirit of life, shouldn't our closest relationships be described as life-giving and not life-draining? All right, so at least ask the question. All right, next one. Was an obstacle in your life that might be hindering your growing friendship with Jesus? Is there an attitude... That you've kind of wondered whether God wants to kind of reshape or other people have commented to you about? Is there a relationship you have, friendship, maybe dating relationship, other relationship, that you've had this gnawing sense that I don't think that's good for me? But you're not quite sure if you're ready to pull the trigger on breaking off the relationship because you like the benefits more than you dislike the buzz of discontent about it? Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's a secret habit. There are some habits I believe that God even asks us to, to back off on, not because they're bad in and of themselves, because they've become bad for you. I know one person um, who said they felt like God asked them to give up alcohol, not because they were alcoholic or alcohol isn't inherently bad or anything, but because it had become kind of their source of comfort at the end of the day. Um, and often, Maybe I could even say coffee for some of us. Um, is there ways? Are there habits that you've formed that you're looking for life and other things, whether it's food, drink, or other things? Or are there secrets, habits, internet stuff, secret things happening, relationships that shouldn't be happening, that you need to expose now, or it will it will kill your vehicle, literally? Are you willing to do that now and deal with that? All right? Next one. Now, those first four are four that we've seen, you've probably seen a lot. I call them my my big four, the four questions that I think are always good to ask ourselves. The next ones are just ones I've added for this week because I thought they were ones that would be good for us to kind of ponder. What spiritual habits would you like to begin practicing or practicing in a new way? Um. Are there ways in which you want to get more in a rhythm of reading the Bible? Not for the sake of legalism or checking it off, but for the sake of hearing from God. Is there some kind of rhythm or some kind of pattern you may want to establish? Is there a pattern or some rhythm you want to establish with praying? Again, not for the sake of legalism or rigidity or checking it off your list so God doesn't strike you dead that day if you don't pray, but is there some way in which... You want to establish a habit of talking and listening to God in a, in a systematic way, at least that part of the day, as well as listening throughout the rest of the day. Maybe it's fasting. Maybe there are some who, maybe you've thought about, I, I want to start fasting once a week, one meal a week or something, for the purpose of, again, not impressing God, not winning favor from God, but for the sake of listening to God and learning that you don't live by bread alone. Your body doesn't boss you around. Or maybe there's other spiritual habits. Maybe it's the habit of giving financially. Maybe other things. There's all kinds of habits. And again, any habit can become a legalistic, obligatory, um, unhealthy thing. But if the habit practiced correctly will actually serve in God's hands to expand the capacity of your heart to hear him and respond to him. Or maybe there's a habit that you've been doing and this is what I've been wrestling with my own life. Is, you know, I do, I do read my Bible somewhat regularly, and I pray regularly. But I've had this thought of, I think, God, are you wanting to stretch me and do something different? Are you wanting me not to read more? Okay, now I'm going to read more of the Bible every day and feel more guilty when I don't. Not that. But is there a new way in which God may want me or you to practice the habits you're practicing? Is there a new way that he may want you to challenge in terms of growing and what it means to listen to God? And then the follow-up question I put on here is, will you? Because it's easy for these things to be wishes and intentions. But to actually put it into practice, most of us have greater failure rate than we do success rates. And I'm not saying that to discourage you. I'm just saying that don't set yourself up for some kind of unrealistic wish about what your habits are going to be. But at the same time, do something to turn your wishes into day-to-day, Monday-through-Sunday kind of realities. And expect that you're going to fail and bump and fall over, but keep going. Um, I, 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 one mentor of mine actually said, if all we could do in our churches would be to get people to read and listen to Scripture, you know, to read their Bibles on a regular basis, he said we would have done more than most churches in the whole world have done. In other words, just get people in the habit of reading the Bible in a kind of meditative way, listening, trying to understand what. So maybe that's just maybe that's maybe there's one habit. Don't don't get overwhelmed with I got to do five new things now. Maybe there's just one habit that God wants you to start. All right. Next one. This is this is a, a question that I think is um, maybe the question that shows it's an indicator of the other issues and that is what brings you joy lately Um, and and if it takes you a long time to think of an answer to that beyond um, beyond you know if your answer to what brings you joy lately is the Colts winning today, that's great. I mean, they will win today, by the way. That's great, but that's not, the, that doesn't bring, that's, not a, that's not a soul. I mean, maybe it is, for some of us, maybe it's more of a soul thing, more of an, I'll say the word idolatry, but anyway. Um, but there are things that you ought to be able to look at and think that there's, there have been moments of joy or things of joy that God's been bringing in your life. Not, not shallow happiness, although there's nothing wrong with being happy. But joy. Because shouldn't if Jesus said that He will bring us into abundant life and He will bring us joy, shouldn't that be more and more indicative of our life? A, a Christian who is a someone who says they follow Jesus, but if their demeanor in their life is is uh toned by discouragement, critical spirit, and general unhappiness, something's wrong with the vehicle. As spiritual as that might sound, that person still might sound, something's wrong. If there's not a greater sense of joy. So, what brings you joy lately? I mean, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's, uh, you know, there's right of ways to answer that. It doesn't have to be some deep, theological sounding answer, but that answer often may indicate some of the other things that are going wrong. If the joy question is hard to answer, maybe there's a forgiveness issue, maybe there's a habit issue, maybe there's a you're not doing what God's asked you to do issue, right? What brings you joy lately? Next question, which is the last question, which I'm gonna say maybe is the question that oversees, supersedes all the other questions. And this is why. Um, I can't, I I know nothing about cars, really. Uh, I know how to put air on a tire. So I can check my car all I want to, and I'm not gonna find the problem or the solution. If I go to someone who knows cars much better than I do and has that person stand next to me and tell me what's wrong, um, the repairs happen in really good ways. If I go to a doctor and ask a specialist to examine me or a dentist to examine my teeth, there's something about asking someone else about me that will lead me into greater health than if I just do my own dental auto or physical assessments and we understand that in those kind of realms but yet often we do our own physical we do our own spiritual assessments but ask jesus the question jesus how do you think i'm doing and maybe you just ask that and just listen for a few days maybe you do ask another person maybe you ask someone who's a friend of yours how do you think i'm doing help me understand help me kind of go but the bigger question maybe is just asking jesus how do you think i'm doing and Jesus might bring something to mind. He might bring a person to mind that needs a relationship mending. He might bring a situation in mind. He may say, hey, who knows what he's going to say. But if, if you do all this as a self-assessment, where it's just you assessing you, and you ask no outside person, or in this case, even you don't even ask Jesus to intervene, then your assessment will not lead to the kind of health that you want to have, spiritual life. It won't. There's good to do self-assessment, but self-assessment apart from allowing the the voice of God to chime in will not be healthy self-assessment in that sense. You're not asking the question well because if I assess myself, I can control the answers to some degree. If I ask Jesus to assess, Jesus, is there anybody in my life I need to be forgiving and dealing with? That puts me in a real vulnerable situation before God because I'm really asking Jesus, you point out to me. You bring somebody's picture on the screen in my mind. You bring a situation to my mind. If Whether it's today or the next few weeks, if you bring something to mind, I'm going to respond to it. So are you willing to ask Jesus that question? How do you think I'm doing, Jesus? And are there things, Jesus, you're trying to point out to me? And then pay attention over the next days and weeks for what I'll just call the random things that jump onto the screen of your mind. When you're thinking oh i haven't thought about that person in years or haven't thought about that situation in years or i haven't thought about that issue or i wonder why this issue keeps coming to my mind or i wonder why this that or whatever and then pay attention to what jesus does and then i'll close with this one and this is uh, psalm 139 psalm of david and essentially kind of the invitation for jesus for the Spirit of God to search us. Search me, O God, know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And let me say this too. This is not, I'm not asking for, I'm not asking for you or for me for morbid introspection. It can feel that way. But what the psalmist is saying here, test me, examine me, see if there's any anxiety swimming around in me, if there's offensive ways swimming around in me. But the ultimate thing is I, I want to live life in the way everlasting. And the way everlasting is not just life after you die. The way everlasting is a, the full kind of abundant life Jesus came to promise. And maybe that's the prayer. Maybe as you start this new year, I'm, I'm not a real big one for New Year's revolution, revolutions? resolutions. Yeah, New Year's resolutions. But at the same time, a new year is often an opportunity for a new beginning of what Jesus may want to do in your life. And maybe, if you're not in the habit of reading the Bible on a regular basis, maybe just read the last part of Psalm 139 every day this week. And that's all you do. That's your, that's your scripture reading, and that's your prayer. Close the Bible, you're done. And then just listen to God the rest of the day. All right? Actually, let's close. And I want you to just out loud uh, read this with me. All right? Here we go. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God, our prayer is that um, we have this kind of healthy um, introspection in our lives. It's not done by ourselves in private, but it's an invitation to you, the Spirit of God, uh, to be the one that leads us to health. And we know, God, that your desire is not to condemn us. Your desire is not to uh, discourage us. Your desire is not to shame us or judge us. But your desire is always to set us free, and your desire is always to lead us to joy. So would we trust you, and would we invite you, Spirit of Jesus, um, to interact with us on any of these questions or any other ones that you may want to bring to our minds over the next days and weeks? And that maybe this year, 2011, we'll be be able to look back on years from now as a year of significant spiritual growth and change because we listened to you. And we ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. We uh, finish every week at Exodus with Communion. And um, here's how we do it, just logistically, if you're new here. Lucas will come up and lead us in a few more songs. As As soon as we start singing, you're welcome to come up. We don't dismiss by rows. We don't see who's up or who's down. And there'll be people at each of the three aisles offering you bread. And what we ask you to do is just tear it off. And then they'll offer you the cup. And just for the sake of how we do it, just dip it in. Um, most people take it and eat it right there. Some people take it back to their seat and eat it. Either way is fine with us. There's no right or wrong protocol on that. Same time over where it says prayer, they're in you to go over there to have someone pray for you. Um, They usually ask you something like, what do you want Jesus to do for you? Or something like that. It could be related to the sermon this morning. It could be totally other related. But you're welcome to go over there before or after you take communion. And uh, anyone, you know, there's different churches that have different postures. Anyone's welcome to take communion at Exodus who's willing to allow the spirit of Jesus to totally invade their life and do whatever searching he needs to do. And if you're in a state of if, you're, if there's some issue in your life, there's a habit that you're aware that God's been convicting you about, and you're not planning to stop, if you don't want to stop, if there's an issue that you're resisting God on to your own benefit, uh, don't partake. And nobody's going to notice. going to. But this is the table is for those who are willing to let Jesus have their way. It's not standard. Isn't perfection. The standard is I'm willing to let Jesus have His way in my life. All right. Let me pray, and then we'll sing. Jesus, we're grateful that you gave your body and your blood and, uh, for us. And you gave it, as the word says, to open up a new and living way for us. To open up a whole new way of thinking about what it means to be fully alive in you and be your followers. And so as we take this bread and this cup and we ingest it into our bodies, would it be that s- mysterious symbol of ingesting your spirit into us, inviting that search and inviting us, inviting you to lead us to joy. And we ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.